And there came a day unlike any other when Earth's mightiest podcasters were united to celebrate a movie no one thought possible. On that day, the last action podcast was born to discuss a movie that no single host could tackle alone. GameZillaMedia.com It's time for the last action podcast! Pop quiz, hot shot! Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need for need for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome, everybody, to the Last Action Podcast. It is I, Hovercraft Joe, here with my two favorite co-hosts, LPJ. Hey, buddy. And the Sphinx. What is up? God, I wish I could mute you. You know what? I like it. Nice. <laughs> All right. Fuck you, LPJ. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How so, are you, Joe? Oh, man, you know what? I'm good, and I'm super psyched to be talking about the movie we're going to be talking about. Is it because there's technically a hovercraft in this as well? (laughs) Is there? The hover carrier. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I guess. I thought it's a helicarrier. It's a helicarrier. But it still hovers. All right. Mm, I'm thinking more helicopter. (laughs) Listen, man, we got (laughs) to take what we can get right now. We got to take what we can get. I don't know. Like That's like saying all helicopters are hovercrafts. Technically, they could be. I mean, they hover. We'll give you that. Uh, but yes, we are here to talk about the Avengers today. 2012's The Avengers, or Marvel's The Avengers. I think will. it's Marvel's The Avengers. Yeah, yeah that's they, the official title. Yeah, because they didn't want to get confused with that movie. With with uh, Ray, Ray Fiennes and uh, Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. Yeah, based on the two show. But anyways, yes. And everyone knows that I'm uh, the comic book guy here, so obviously I'm psyched to be here and talking about this. But I think it's a movie that we all love. So I think so, and I, I think it certainly qualifies as an action film. <laughs> I don't know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> there is a little bit of romance in there, isn't there? Actually, I don't think there's none. There's any. You don't, mm. think, there's, you don't think there's none? I don't think there's none. <laughs> it's late. It's late. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, so release date on the Avengers, May 4th, 2012. Um, I have a, uh, a pretty hefty budget on this one of $220 million, but I, <laughs> yeah. I, guess, I guess it makes sense. Everything, a hefty. Everything going into it. But well, it- but considering what is on the screen, yeah. it doesn't seem hefty. No. You're talking $200 million to make a movie. Yeah. Half the countries in the world don't have that in GDP. <laughs> well, and you're not, making a movie. They're not making this movie? I, I get that. It's it's pretty what I, No, what I'm saying is considering what this movie is, well, $220 million seems perfectly appropriate. Well, and yeah. if you if you consider the return on investment that they got, well, yeah. because a, a domestic gross of six hundred and twenty three million and a worldwide gross of one point five billion dollars, which yeah. is insane, That's yeah, huge. And that, at the time of this recording, I think is like fifth all time, maybe fourth all time. It's still up there. I'm not entirely sure exactly where, but it's definitely. I know. I know they said it was the first. Let's see. The Avengers grossed $1.5 billion, becoming the third highest grossing film Oh, that's of right, because it's, it's just behind Titanic and Avatar at that's the correct. time. That's correct, at the time. At the time, yeah. And now, I'm, I'm going to assume that by the time this episode releases, that Endgame will probably be passing that up. And honestly, but. let's hope it does, because no, one, no one wants does. Avatar to be the highest grossing film of all time. It's been up there too long, Yeah, if, it, and it should have never been there. <laughs> did you see James Cameron's kind of cool little Instagram yeah, post that, he yeah, did with, little, the, with the with, A With the Avengers A capsizing to Titanic, it was pretty yeah. cool. That was kind of cool. Which is like, oh, is he going to think of another clever one for when it beats Avatar? <laughs> oh. <laughs> if, if Thor takes a hammer to one of the whatever the hell you call those, oh the Navi, that'd be cool. <laughs> like just smashes the head and brain and guts are everywhere. But wow. <laughs> real dark. So so one point five billion, obviously a huge hit, but also I mean fairly critically well liked too. I got a Rotten sure. Tomato score of ninety two percent. With an audience score of ninety one, so I yeah. mean, it's still. I mean, that's it, one of the rare cases where it's yeah, Rock Tomatoes is higher than the critics score, right? Or than the other score, which and for a, for what this movie is for, like the giant spectacle popcorn movie, a ninety two percent. That's pretty. Yeah, you would think that something like this, that's obviously like a tentpole summer movie, wouldn't be that high on the critic score. So that's that's pretty amazing to yep. me. I, I'm gonna guess that 
you know, I'm, I'm going to make the, the, the argument right now. Like, this is probably the largest crossover film in history. Yeah. And if history has told us ahead of time, those don't usually go well. But what are the crossover so, films that have been that have been big? I don't know. You're going to put me on the spot? There are. I don't really know that there are any. Well, I, th- I think in some ways this, this like movie... X-Men's have done but that's X-Men. crossover level stuff. Well, I think this is the first movie to take... I mean, there's been movies that are kind of like what you're talking about with large cast, but this is the first one that where the, all the principal cast members in this movie had their own movies or at least introduced in other movies. Like, there's, yeah, there's four of them, right? You got four main characters that had their own spinoff of movies that are now coming together, right? And but even the even the secondary characters, yeah. like we already know Nick Fury, uh, Black Widow's introduced, Hawkeye has a cameo introduction in Thor. The villain, the main villain, uh, Loki, we've already been introduced to. There's very few characters and the main characters in this. Even a lot of the support characters, you know, that were like uh, Dr. Selvig, uh, mm-hmm. who's in Thor, and uh, Pepper Potts. Like, I think, like, um, uh, what's her name? Maria Hill might yeah. be the one of the only characters in this movie, main characters, that we don't know already going into right. it. Right. Yeah, and it's... I, I mean, I would assume that as a, you know, on Rotten Tomatoes, one of the critics, that you're probably coming in to this movie like, are they going to be able to pull this off? Yeah. Which, I mean, it is a huge thing to try and do. Yeah. And obviously, I think the three of us are like, yeah, they totally yeah. pull it off because Absolutely. obviously the the critics do too. I mean, yeah. at that 92%. I mean, at this point, it was, un- I mean, this kind of thing was unprecedented. I mean, to pull all these characters who headline their own movies together and make this team movie like this, it's just, it's unheard of. Well, I would argue that it's still unprecedented. Well, I mean, if you look at DC, they oh, yeah. failed miserably. Yeah, Justice League is a pile of crap. Yeah, it's hot garbage. Yeah. And everyone's trying to make their own universes now. Yeah. And it's not working at all for anybody. I mean, really the closest thing we're probably going to get to something that's a halfway decent is when Godzilla and King Kong crossover. And that's going to be later, you know, in a couple years. They well, they are trying to build like a a combined like Fast and Furious universe, which might work out. I suppose. But they, they mean, like, like you're right. They've been Universal's been trying to launch their dark universe with all their monster characters for years, and they can't do it. And DC haphazardly threw together the Justice League, but they didn't do it. Or the thing that I I respect Marvel for is that they made this movie organically. They took the time to introduce all these characters, to give them their own movies, their own spotlight. And then bring them together for this movie, The Avengers. DC tried to take shortcuts. They had like two movies, and they're like, "Let's make the Justice League and try and introduce." That's why this movie, to me, and we have a lot to talk about, but works so well is because we don't have to. We know these characters going into it. We don't have to take the time to set up their motivations. They're this, that, this, that. We know them going in. We can get into the plot and what's going on with it. Which is what's made the MCU so popular is just the way that through the last. 10, 11 years, we've been able to see and we've grown up with these characters. You know, I, I, I'm i a teacher at the high school. It, it's crazy for me to think that, like, my students were, like, six years old when Iron Man <laughs> came out. Six. Yeah. So yeah. they literally are growing up with these people. Yeah. Well, so you get that attachment. But then when you, but then when the MCU has been adding more and more characters, like, they continue to still successfully make a good movie. And yeah. I think what works for them and why this works is because they're doing it like they did in the comics yes. back in the back in the sixties when they would introduce, you know, they would have Iron Man and they he would have his own comic for a little while and they would have Thor and and Captain America they would have their own comic and then all right well let's see what happens when we put them together right and it's like it's a very organic thing where it's like all right we have all these independent characters but what if what if there is a threat what if there's something that they can't handle by themselves and they need to work together mm-hmm. like. What, what is that threat and bringing these people together? And it's very organic. And it makes them coming together seem that much more meaningful. Right. Because you have all of that backstory. You have all of that. They're, they're, you have their, you, you know, you already have the buy-in to the character. You don't have to then add a layer of, you know, having them like each other and, and work together. You already have half of that done. Right. All right. I'm going to ask this question. Okay. Who is your Avenger? Um, and I know it's tough. <laughs> of just this group? I guess going off of the movies of the MCU. Who All is of your the movies Aven- of the MCU or I, just no, I would, up to this point? I would say, what the hell? Just all of them. Who's your, who's your Avenger? I don't know, I like the Winter Soldier a lot. I mean, Really? I, of all of them, he's your guy? I think he's pretty great. I mean, Tony Stark's pretty great. 
I mean, they're I, all they all. I'm, I know they all have something unique. But I'm, a, I'm, just, I'm, a, I'm a diehard Spider-Man guy, so if I had to yeah. pick one, I'm going to go with Spider-Man. Spider-Man's pretty great. If I'm picking one out of this core six of Avengers in this movie, I'm probably going to go with Captain America okay. because he's kind of a. It, what's interesting to me is he's kind of a character in the comics, so I'm kind of like meh, like he doesn't really do a lot for me. But they've done so like his yeah. like arc and everything they've done with him in the MCU to me makes him like. Such a great character, and we've talked about this before, and I'm sure we'll cover it in a later date, but Captain America Winter Soldier is still my favorite of all the MCU movies. That movie is yeah. amazing. And so I think if I'm talking the core six in this movie, I'm going to go with Captain America. If I'm talking all the MCU, i got to go with Spider-Man. All right, fair enough. What about you? Yeah, I, I Thor's my guy, man. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. God of Thunder, yeah. I love it, man. And I like how through um, the MCU, he his character changes so much. He goes yeah. from that arrogant to acting godlike and being more modest and then I love the way he kind of gets treated at the end of, yeah. of what's happening too with the MCU well but, in Ragnarok is another one that's just oh, like yeah. an amazing movie mm-hmm. yeah I, I love that hammer but, but you're right I mean just in general that's that's what's so great about the MCU is they let these characters kind of organically yeah. kind of like go forward and like take these arcs and change and stuff like that it almost seems like this is what Marvel always wanted to do in the comics, but couldn't like to streamline everything to just leave all the baggage of the past behind and and really solidify a universe that kind of makes sense unto itself. Yeah, it's almost like this is their redo. I, I agree with that to a certain extent. Yeah. When um, we didn't get to this yet, but when was the first time you saw it? Experiences of it? <laughs> this, this, is, this is a great. This is a great one. This so, a one. so me and me and LPJ definitely saw this together. We actually went to a Marvel movie marathon. The first one they ever. The did. The first one they ever did. Oh so, boy. So it was all the movies in Phase One. It started at like eleven in the morning. So we watched Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man Two, Thor. Captain America, the first Avenger, and it led up to a midnight showing of the Avengers. Back when was, they still did midnight shows. Yeah, and it was all in a row, and it was it was awesome. It, it was, was like awesome. it was, was a long. Say, was it awesome or no, was it, it just was. too we much? Got no, special three D glasses. Yeah, because we like, saw, I still have mine. There, I have Iron Man three D glasses. Yeah, yeah. Were all of them in three D? No, right? no, I think no, only like, certain the first ones were. Two were not. Um, when you saw them though in this run, because I think like, Iron Man two, no, Iron Man two was you. I think a couple of them were, but the Avengers definitely was. Yeah, Avengers was. I think just. I think just. Thor, Captain America, and Avengers. Yeah, I think maybe that's it. But it it was, I mean, it sounds daunting, and it kind of was in some regards, but it was just such a cool experience because everybody there was such, such like a fan, and, yeah. everyone, and everyone was enjoying it. It was like the excitement for the Avengers showing, it was so palpable. Like, it was just like, there's nothing like seeing a movie like that with a crowd that's so psyched to see it. It was, it was great. It was weird. It was like, I don't, the only other time I remember feeling something like that is when episode one came out and then the problem is immediately after you leave the theater you're like what the fuck was that yeah here it was different it was like the excitement grew the entire time and and like it was like the room was going to explode by the end of the movie did they like schedule like breaks yeah like, oh, yeah you could get go for an hour and well, get dinner well no we did yeah and they they uh. like they give you a lanyard so you could leave and leave the theater and do whatever you want and, and there was back, like yeah. there was like scheduled like half hour 45 minutes in between each movie sure. and stuff like that Does that mean so. you have an assigned seat then no, no. Okay. You so just if get you there. leave, you run the risk of. Well, but we well, le- we left in kind of like shifts, and it was you know it was a respectful crowd. Everyone, yeah, was pretty, no one took. Yeah, everyone, everyone was, was there pretty much from the start, so it wasn't like people were like, oh, we're going to steal your seats or whatever. Yeah, but, no, everyone was pretty cool. I mean, they stank, you know. but they were pretty cool. But it was it was a it was a fun experience, and like I said, it, it was a long day. But I just because we were there from like eleven to two two thirty in the morning yeah. or something. But it was just like the excitement of seeing it with that crowd was like something that will always stick with me. Because like I remember having to see it again because some of the reactions were so loud and yeah. boisterous that it's like I, I didn't even hear what the line was but it was it was it was great gotcha what about you uh, not anywhere <laughs> near that exciting um i think chops was with me i know for sure my wife was she was still watching these marvel movies at that point they've now gotten too scary for her i don't really understand what that means um but it's like right after my birthday is when this came out so i'm sure i saw it opening weekend um, I almost, I think did I chops g- did I go with, with you? Because I, I saw I it a second know. time and I saw it with Matt. Have. I might not have seen this one with with him. I, I can't remember. It, he definitely wouldn't remember. <laughs> but I don't know. No, you know what? No, I went and I saw it with Aaron. 
I That's am. what it was. So I saw I, it with my wife, which was enjoyable. I, I will say this, and I was thinking about this as I was preparing to talk about it for the podcast. I believe uh, two things. One, this is the movie for sure that I've seen the most time in the theaters because I saw it about three or four times when it came out. And then I've been to a bunch of other Marvel movie marathons, weren't as intense as that one, but it was like, okay, we went to an Iron Man one when Iron Man 3 came out, but they showed Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and the Avengers, and we Mm. went to like a Thor one. So through these marathons, I kept seeing it in the theaters, and the fact that I've seen it three or four times before then. So this is definitely the movie that I've seen the most in the theater, and... I think if you take out the original Star Wars trilogy, this is by far the movie that I've seen the most, just in general, in my life. Because I saw it in the theaters a bunch. I own the Blu-ray. I've watched a bunch. It's on TV constantly. It is on yeah. TV And I will watch it when it's on TV always. Like, maybe not the whole movie, but yeah. I'll flip it on and watch part of it. So I've seen this movie more than just about any movie I've ever seen. Not having the comic book background like you guys have, I think I still, from what I remember personally, I still needed to be sold on the MCU at this point. Like, I really loved Iron Man. Like, that was a pleasant surprise. Like, I think it was for everybody. And I loved um, Captain America, the first one, the first Avenger. But Incredible Hulk, I know I didn't see that in the theater. Yeah. I know I didn't see Thor. Mm Mm-hmm. And I did see Iron Man 2 in the theater, but I was like, eh, I think everyone's got, like, no one really loves Iron Man 2 at all. Right. So I was I was optimistic of yeah. what was going to happen, and then once this movie happened, I was like, you know, fully like, this is awesome. I can't wait to see what's happening next. Because we also knew at that point that there are all these other, you know, at that point we knew there was a whole plan going on. Because yeah. I do feel like at this time... Things still weren't as public about what the future was holding for MCU. Right. I mean, now it seems like it's just way too public now. You know, like we just know way too much about what the future has been holding for things. Well, but I mean, I, I, I think, think so. I think to a certain extent, but I mean, I mean, obviously we're here to talk about this movie, but I would say, like at this point in time, where we're at in the MCU, we really don't know what they have going forward after Endgame. I mean, I think they did a really good job of keeping all that under wraps. And even still now, we're a couple weeks after the release of Endgame, and we found out some more about the Spider-Man sequel. But everything after that... No, you're right. I agree with that. But the last couple years, it's been very much like we know the progression of things. Because you'll see online, they'll have the whole like list of like, oh, the next six movies. and Well, they have that now. But no, I think a lot of it is... All right, let's let's digress from that. For a <laughs> okay, let's get back to this movie. We'll save the rest for. I, I was just merely saying that this was. I think that there was no, and, still and, some. And, and I can see. And I from this movie, there was I, still and some. And I understand what you're openness. saying. A little trepidation because yeah. not all the movies in Phase One are slam dunks. Uh, That's and, true. and something like this hadn't been done before, so it's like, is there? Are they going to be able to pull it off? Yeah. But I, I think, kind of segueing into this, I think they got the perfect guy to pull it off for them in Josh Whedon. I yeah. agree. Which he's our director and writer and writer. Um, he we've talked about him before. Uh, our very first movie on this show, uh, Speed. He was yep. a. Um, I think he was an uncredited. Yeah, he was an uncredited um, writer on it. Yep. But Toy Story, Twister. You know, did the TV show Buffy, Firefly, um, Agents of Shield. Uh, all that good stuff and, and Justice League. I don't know if he wants to put that in his <laughs> resume, but he has to. But I, um, I, and I think he's the perfect guy that they got oh, yeah. to pull this together. I mean, this he's used to kind of writing these things for large ensembles with the TV shows he did. And, and I think this movie, watching it, the dialogue and all this stuff, it, it screams Joss Whedon to me. It really does. You know, it absolutely does. And he obviously has some previous comic book experience. Yes. So, you know, this material he's very familiar with in general. Yeah. Right. Who also helped him with the screenplay is Zach Penn. Is Zach Penn I'm sorry. Uh, who's an action sci-fi writer. Uh, I guess I'll make this a pop quiz. Pop quiz, hot shot. What other movie on our show did Zach Penn write for? Uh, Don't look wrote, it up, you No, I'm not. Oh. He's wrote a ton, a ton of stuff. I'm trying to think, like, recently. I have a hard time remembering all the uh, all the episodes we do. I, I honestly have no clue uh, We talked this. about it. We talked about um, it, and we bring it up every single day in some form on oh. our show, which is called... He, he wrote, uh, wrote part of... Uh, Last, Action Last Action Hero. Hero yeah. Correct. There you go. <laughs> yep. From what I kind of read, too, I, Whedon and Penn may have had a little bit of friction. 
No, it wasn't friction. It was it was Zach Penn wrote the original screenplay. Yeah, and we and didn't then like Joss it. took over and just changed it to fit his style. And Zach Penn was like, "Oh, that's fine." <laughs> Are you sure he was like, "Oh, that's fine"? Because yeah. not all the research I found said that he was just like, "Eh, whatever." Oh, I, the research I found was like, all right. he was okay with it. That's fine. I did no research on that particular <laughs> thing, so I'll take you both at your word. All right. And then it's produced by Kevin Feige. Feige, thank you, <laughs> who is our president of Marvel yeah. Studios. And I think that helps out things, too, is the fact that there is one yeah. go-to person for all of these he, movies. The oh, ar- he's the architect of the MCU and well, everything. It's insane that he literally is from the start, X-Men in 2000. Yeah. That's yep. him. It's it's and then like yeah I think and I think that's why they're able to do this such a cohesive is because he's in sure. charge and it's just you know everything runs through him, which I think is great. And they got it right the first time with Iron Man and having um, Favreau do it. Mm-hmm. I think he really set the tone for all of the films, specifically this one too. Yeah, because this one is very similar in tone wise to like Iron Man. I would agree one. with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter what studio it's coming from either. Like, he is a part of it. So, you know, like, we know that X-Men has been a part of Fox and Spider-Man's been a part of Sony. Like, he is still involved in those movies, which yeah. which is impressive. Which made me wonder, like, how do you get to be known as the Marvel guy? <laughs> like, that guy's got, like, an amazing job, right? Like, oh that's gosh. his job. Yeah. That would that would be the dream, right? It's right. <laughs> awesome. Which, going back into the, the studio thing, so technically, Disney did have... Marvel at this time, but Paramount actually like did the movie. So I guess it does say in the credits it says Marvel Studio presents an association with Paramount, the Avengers. Yep. Has there so. has ever been a better investment than <laughs> Disney buying Marvel for like four billion dollars? Yeah. No, but, there has been no better investment than I that. mean, th- no. they made a pretty good buy with Star Wars too, but I think this Marvel one is probably like Star Wars, I feel like they knew what they were getting. Yeah. They knew that it was going to be bankable. When they bought Marvel, they didn't really know that they were going to turn this no. much. When of a did profit. they buy it? Because they bought it. Was it right after? It was um, like right before this movie. Yeah, I it was. Think. Like, it was, it was like right after. Twenty eleven. Right after uh, um, Captain America came out. Something around that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, then that's yeah. But it's like yeah, they're they've. <laughs> well, I mean, how many movies have they had that have crossed a billion? I mean. A lot, a lot Four, of them. Four, five. Mean, yeah, they've already made back all the money. I mean, there's basically been no movies in the MCU that have really been flops. Even the ones that aren't necessarily stellar films have made a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, music is by Alan Silvestri, uh, who's huge yeah. name. I think yeah. we, we, I think we've done a number of movies oh, that he's yeah. done <laughs> for sure. Um, but we're gonna play the Avengers theme. So let's go ahead and get a listen here. We felt like we had to do it justice and play nearly <laughs> all did. of it. It's, it's so good. And it's it hard. I feel like it's hard now to write an iconic theme, considering how many other iconic themes there are, 
This is absolutely iconic. Yeah, I mean, it's it's as identifiable with the Avengers as something like the Star Wars theme or the Indiana Jones music. It's yeah. to those movies. Like, you hear this and you're like, oh, that's the Avengers theme. Yeah, they've been able to, to reuse it in their other movies <clears throat> so great. And it's always the timing when they use it in the film, too, that makes it so oh, awesome. Oh, absolutely. Because it's, it's always like when it. they're assembling, you know? Yeah. It's very heroic and, and it just pops. It's, yeah. it's really good. All right. We're going to go ahead and do our lightning round. Okay. Let's do it. Where's Thor at? All right. Here we go. I tried to make this a little bit trickier because you guys know a lot. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Josh Whedon was first a staff writer on what popular late 80s, early 90s sitcom? Oh, um. Oh, shit. We talked about this. It's been recently redone and had a lot of controversy. Roseanne. Roseanne's ah. correct. <laughs> All right. Number two, writer Zach Penn was involved in another film as a writer on an episode we've done. We already did that one. It was Last Action Hero. Dang it. <laughs> Last Action Hero. That's correct. <laughs> Number three, Kevin Feige. What is his net worth? President of Marvel Studios. Jesus. $1.5 billion. $50 million. $70 million. Wow, that seems low. <laughs> What are the most number of movies that Alan Silvestri has done the music for in a single year? <laughs> 15. He's probably got a whole house that writes for him. I don't know. 30? In a single year? That's impressive. The answer was seven, which I thought was impressive. He wrote seven scores <laughs> in well, a look year. Well, look at what Hans Zimmer does. Uh, I don't know about seven. It was in 1992. So, anyway. Um... Behind Robert Downey Jr., who were the next two to make the most money from this film? Uh, Chris Hemsworth? Nope. And Chris <laughs> Evans? Evans? No. Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson. Oh, that makes sense. And I'm surprised by this other one. Um, Stan Lee? <laughs> <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. Okay. They both were reported four to six million. Wow. The Battle of New York had a few shots in New York City, but mainly Cleveland. was filmed. Well, okay. Oh, <laughs> pop quiz. You, you, oh, I got a pop. We're pop, doing a pop quiz pop in the quiz middle of the lightning round. Lightning round? Pop quiz, hot shot. There, that was rough. I'll give you another one. Pop quiz, hot shot. This film wasn't originally going to be filmed Detroit. in Detroit. But they revoked all the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right thanks, before. Governor Snyder. Yeah. Bastard. Jackass. First you take my pay away and then you do that. Anyway, oh, that's a different conversation. How many companies helped with the visual effects for this movie? Four. Six. Fourteen. Damn. <laughs> oh, wow. The Avengers. Well, I guess it was before they had ILM, so. The Avengers lost its sole Academy nomination for visual effects from what movie? Um, Avatar. That's not the right year. Damn it. 2012? <laughs> I, I don't know how you're going to get this. This was a tough one. Yeah, I, I don't have Inception? any idea. The Life of Pi. Oh, jeez. Oh, I yeah. cannot believe that I do happened. remember that, actually. Yep. Because that fucking tiger. <laughs> and then I, I feel like you guys are kind of tied, so maybe whoever gets this one first, because I think you'll know it. Which Avengers are missing from this movie that were originally Wasp supposed to be Wasp in? Wasp and Ant-Man. I heard it from him first. <laughs> oh. so. All right, LPJ, you narrowly get this one. That was that. You know what? That was a good lightning round because that those were tough questions. All right, good because I I knew I knew you guys were gonna know your shit. So, <laughs> um, well, we we talked about how you know 1.5 billion. So it, it's safe to tell you guys that this was the highest grossing movie of 2012. Oh, okay. Do you think you guys could take a crack quickly at what the number two, number three movie of this year were? Was there a fan, was there a, there was a Fast and Furious movie that year? Wasn't there? I, there might have been, but it's not one that's in here. Then there, but then there wasn't one because they closed three. I can tell you one is part of a, another comic book franchise, and one was the start of a multi movie franchise. Mm, shit. Um, uh, Pacific Rim? No. Maybe like a Transformers? Um, is there a Bond shit. movie that year? Skyfall. Skyfall was the fourth highest grossing movie of 2012. Uh, the, the comic book franchise, now, sir, we saw, uh, LPJ, sorry, we saw this uh, in another movie marathon. It's the third part of it. We saw another movie marathon for it. Oh, shit. Um, 
I don't know, Bourne movies? No. I have no oh, idea. Oh, God, I remember going, but I can't remember what it's it is the, now. It's, it's the Dark Knight Rises. Thank you. Oh. And that's then, the third one, yeah. And then, okay. the, that's actually, that was the second highest grossing film? Oh, you're saying the third in the yeah, franchise. Yeah, I'm at the third <laughs> franchise, I'm sorry. And then, and then the uh, third movie of the year was The Hunger Games. Oh. Uh, so. Yeah, those, I've only seen the first but one. But I think, I mean, like, I don't, bad. I, I didn't write down the numbers, but they, I think they all paled in comparison to the Avengers and their total. I can imagine. Yeah, I would believe that. I forgot sure. what's... Uh, the Dark Knight. Yeah, trilogy. we we saw a marathon that was uh, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. That was pretty cool. That would be solid, and that's you know three movies, not six or whatever. Yeah, there's our logic behind it, too. but it started later. It started <laughs> at like six p.m. Yeah. So. Oh, that's like when did you get out of there? Like three a.m., four a.m. Late, yeah, it was late. <laughs> like it is now. I had the day off. <laughs> that's for sure. All right. Um, we can very briefly kind of go through our people, and maybe we could do some net worth I do while we're some, doing them. Okay. So wh- why don't we just we'll, we'll combine the two if you want. Well, let's work. combine the two. But let's do our. There it is. Okay. So first we'll go uh, playing Loki. Tom Hiddleston. Hmm. What do you think? Net worth or Tom? Uh, twenty five million. Okay. I think it's like eight million. Twenty million. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury. Oh shit. Two hundred million. Okay. Two fifty. Uh, both of you close. Two hundred and twenty million. All right. Um, Jeremy Renner. If not, if LBJ remembers, we talked about this in the Hurt Locker one. We did, and it was more than I expected. Thirty million. Twenty-five. Fifty million. Oh ah, damn! Uh, Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson. I think she's a hundred and fifty. No, I'm going to say twenty-five million. Close, hundred and forty million. Damn. Uh, the, Look at all the movie she's been in with MCU alone. <laughs> That's true. Bruce Banner slash uh, Hulk, uh, Mark Ruffalo. Thirty million. I think it's going to be like seventy. Thirty million. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Thor. Chris Hemsworth. Fifteen. Sixty. Ninety million. Okay. Uh, Captain America. Chris Evans. Fuck ninety million. <laughs> I think he's for some reason. I think he's low. I think he gets underappreciated. I think he's like maybe sixty. Close, seventy million. Okay, and then finally, <laughs> Iron Man, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Some insanely god crazy number, especially <laughs> with the recent dollars. news of how much. Well, no, because if making, short, uh, I, I'm I'll gonna, say three hundred million. Okay, I'm gonna say four, maybe four fifty. You are on your game, LPJ. Nice. Three hundred million yep. for Robert Downey Jr. So all of these very wealthy individuals in this movie. Which which brings me uh, a quick thing. I'm not trying to steal any role reversals. I don't think we're going to do any for yeah, this. Probably not gonna get to it. But there is one I want to talk about. Okay. All right. So the Incredible Hulk is Ed Norton. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> he has to be like, what the fuck did I do to my career? Right. Well, like this is this, this might be the biggest mistake in Hollywood history. No, maybe right. They didn't ask him back. I know, but then and then there's a whole fight about back and forth how he didn't want to be back. He didn't want to be. Well, of course he's going to say that. I know, but, but the it's story like, has always been he's a pain in the ass and nobody oh, yeah. wants to deal with him. Yeah, so they didn't. Yeah, ask Whedon him back. was interviewed and got and kind of said that without yeah. actually saying it. And then like uh, Norton threatened to sue. Like he got a lawyer <laughs> all involved. Yeah, but seriously, like. Check your ego at the door. Like, how do you not see what's happening? Well, yeah, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of the same thing too with like the first Iron Man with Terrence Howard in it. Yeah, and yeah. like, like, cause, cause he was like, they were making, I Iron, he was, they he were was making the Iron Rose. Man too, and he's like, well, I want to be paid as much as Robert Downey Jr. And they're like, no. <laughs> yeah. And then they got Don Cheadle, and he's been in tons of these ones. So it's like. I mean, at least Terrence Howard's got Terrence that. Howard anyway. At least he's got that Empire show. I mean, what does Edward Norton have at this point? Well, that's true. I mean, honestly, I I kind of think. I mean, The Incredible Hulk is one of the weaker MCU movies to me. Yeah. Oh, and I think I think, yeah. I think Ruffalo is much better. I agree. with the character. Oh, for sure. I, I think he's much better, and I think uh, Cheadle's way better than yeah. Terrence Howard. Yeah, I do too. Ruffalo's Bruce Banner is way better. Oh, hundred percent. Well, he was the first choice anyway. Okay. And then couldn't take the role for whatever reason, and then Ed Norton took it. So it all worked down the end. It did. <laughs> well, except for Edward Norton. <laughs> but, all right. Well, I mean, we're. What do we want to do next? We can go through the plot, but I mean, it's well, well, let's let's give let's, let's give what's kind of like a general outline of the plot, okay? And then we can fill in some of the other stuff we want to talk about. So the basic, I would say, like nutshell plot of it is that Loki has been given uh, this magical staff. 
He's been sent to Earth. Scepter. Scepter, sorry. He's been sent to Earth to retrieve the Tesseract, which is something that we've introduced in other Marvel movies. He's going to use the Tesseract. He's going to give it to an unknown source at this point. Basically, the plan is he gets the Tesseract, opens up a portal. He's going to get an army so he can invade and take over Earth. And then this person, unknown at this point, is going to get the Tesseract because that's what they really want. Um, throughout the course of this and kind of his uh, machinations, if you will, did I use that word? Is that a no, word? No, it's good. Okay. <laughs> um, Earth is unprepared to deal with his invasion. That's when Nick Fury kind of uh, pulls together the Avengers, which has been discussed throughout the earlier films. They said that the Avengers initiative is like not viable, but now they have to use it. So he's bringing together all these characters that we've known already, Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, and Black Widow and Hawkeye yeah. to deal with this threat. So to take a quick break... Um, I love the way this movie starts off and brings everyone together. Yeah, it's just really cool that you, you know, you're you're starting off in a way that was kind of unexpected. Which I, I read a little bit that Robert Downey wanted him to be the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, and eventually they're like, no, we don't want to do it that way. But I kind of liked the Indiana Jones Raiderish kind of beginning with the yeah. Tesseract. You know, with Loki really being the first thing to show up. Yeah, all those scenes at uh, Project Pegasus, mm-hmm. which yeah. is which is fun fact. That's where uh, a lot of the action in Captain Marvel takes place. Is at Project Pegasus. Oh, oh I didn't catch that. I, yeah, yeah, that's where the they're doing all the work with the Tesseract and Project yep. Pegasus. And I like how it's, it's within the first three minutes of the movie we get introduced to the new Marvel uh, hero. You know, the Hawk. Um, yeah. You know, Agent Bartman, Hawkeye, Barton. which is cool. I'm sorry, Agent Bartman. <laughs> Do the Bartman. Do the Bartman. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. I just I like how they each bring them one at a time. So I believe it's Black Widow next. That's a really fun yeah. scene where she's like being detained and they're like phones for yeah. you. Yeah, I love that scene <laughs> in that that part in the one where she was like, uh, we didn't talk about um, uh, Phil Coulson. Um, why can't uh, I think yeah. of the actor's name now? Clark, Clark Gregg. He is great. I yeah, love him in this yes. movie. He is, and we'll touch on it. That there's that's kind of the biggest thing that bums me out in this movie is that we end up losing his character because yeah. he is so good. And throughout that phase one of the MCU, him kind of tying it together. But I love that scene where he's like talking to her on the phone, and she's like, "Oh, this idiot's about to give me everything," <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I was not about." He's like a Russian guy. He's like, "I wasn't going to give you anything." <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. And then when she starts kicking ass, it just shows to Coulson like just sitting on the phone like. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's just waiting. <laughs> yeah. Um, Have you guys watched Agents of Shield? I watched the first couple seasons. Okay. I tried got, to. I've watched every episode, and it gets better like it, as it goes on. I know Jody still watches it. Well, I, I always, love it. I always give Jody a hard time and tell him that he's the only person in the world that still watches it. But oh, I love it. I, think it's, I heard I think that it's it has gotten better. Show. I think it's one of the best shows on TV. It looks like though Coulson kind of becomes like a crazy action hero, hard ass. Well, he becomes a Shield agent. You know, he's like the head yeah. of Shield right. in well, this. One thing we should touch on, too, is that uh, the, the scepter that Loki has, yeah. uh, what we'll learn, and they don't really reveal in this movie, is that it has one of the Infinity Stones. It has the Mind Stone in it. So it allows him to take control of people, which is what he does with Hawkeye in that opening scene. He kind of touches it to him and basically mind controls him to serve him, along with um, Stellan Skarsgård, Stellar Skateboard. Uh, <laughs> Stellar Skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> like, basically allows him to bend their will, and they're they're serving Loki for most of the Which movie. Which I really like how, like, it's almost the first half of the movie that Hawkeye is actually a bad guy. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, he's not trying to be a bad guy, but he's well, treated as one. and they did that as an homage to his character's origins in the comics. In the, okay. the comics, he started as a villain, and then eventually became part of the Avengers as a hero. Which is a real clever thing, I think they do to kind of like have a secondary villain and have it be someone who ends up being part of the team. Yeah. Sure, I'm someone that does not have the comic book experience, so I mean, <laughs> it's cool to know that. I mean, they they have done it all throughout the MCU movies that they always try to to bring back those things. Yep. But so. like, but like you said, there's that awesome scene too where where she goes to recruit Banner and he's hiding yeah. out in like Calcutta. Yep. And they, they she brings him to the edge of town and there's a whole back and forth of them. But she's like, oh yeah, I'm alone. There's no one here. And then like at the end of the scene, they cut back and you see there's just like a giant mob of like Shield agents all surrounding the building. It's yep. really good. And I think it's uh, it's Cap that's boxing. Yeah. He gets um you know he gets uh, Fury comes to talk to him about a new mission and. Then I think it's Iron. It's Tony Stark at, yeah, at the Coles, new tower. He yeah, just and Coulson goes to recruit him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and the, the, like you said, they're all really fun scenes, kind of introducing them and, and kind of getting all these characters together and kind of where they're going to be. Yeah, and I wrote down too. This is just me being dorky. Like they look so young. They look so cute. <laughs> they really did look. Really, you they know? all look really young. Like the the scene when they're on the the hella 
Carrier. whatever helicarrier when yeah. they're first kind of inter- first seeing each other you know where you've got Captain America being introduced to Bruce Banner being introduced to to Natasha and then Coulson shows up it's just <laughs> like since we now know like how the relationships unfold it it was kind of cool to go back and be like oh yeah this is when it all started here's a little fun thing that I always wondered and you guys might have came across in the research but I always wondered in the scenes with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts that she's like barefoot in all of them and I was like oh that's an <laughs> interesting choice but they said it was because she's so much taller than yeah. Robert Downey Jr. that she had to be barefoot and he had to wear like platform shoes so that he could be taller than her I in did the scenes, see that. That which funny. is interesting. Yeah. I didn't know. Uh, and there, there's a joke that pays off kind of when they introduce like when when Fury's going to recruit Captain America and uh, Captain America yeah. says like uh, there's not much that could surprise me and he's like 10 bucks says you're wrong and then later when they go to the helicarrier and it, it's just a normal aircraft carrier at first and then when it takes off and you just that subtle scene where he takes out his like wallet and just hands Fury 10 bucks yeah I really like that yeah uh, from there, uh, we find out that Loki is is heading to Germany. He's right. trying to steal some iridium. Iridium, yeah, which is going to help open up the portal. It's like a stabilizer for the for the portal. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where Cap gets to suit up for the first time, and we first start to see the action there. I liked, you know, being a history guy. I liked how Loki kind of gets treated as that Hitler kind of yeah. character, like oh, everyone yeah. kneel and there's that. Yeah, there's, there's even the scene of the guy is like, you know, I think actually Captain America says it right. Yeah, last time there was a yeah, guy in he's, Germany. He's, he's like, last like time I was in Germany, there was a man that thought he was above everyone else, and you know, yeah. we we had words or we didn't get along or something. <laughs> we disagreed. We disagreed. Yeah, yeah, and it's a cool fight. And then I love uh, Iron Man's intro into that. You, you got shoot the thrill playing as yep. he shows up. It's that's cool. when he. That's when he shoots him and he's. Like he calls them reindeer, reindeer games. games yeah. <laughs> There's all those great little lines that uh, Stark oh, yeah, like, has, and those are all. And he goes to Captain too. America, like, "What's your thing, Pilates?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, you, and, did you lose that when you were a capsicle? <laughs> and most of that stuff was just it's improvised lived, by yeah. by down in like the Galaga scene, or is it that yeah. man's playing Galaga? Yeah, that was improvised. So Joss Whedon's like, "Yeah, I'll just throw it in." They put it, and they yeah, they put in later that guy actually playing uh, Galaga. Galaga. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. really great. Um, so they they capture Loki. They're taking him back. That's when Thor shows up to get Loki. That's Which is another awesome introduction because he just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like all of us. Well, well, I guess not totally out of nowhere. Like the storm starts to happen, and then then his ass steals him. That's that's when he calls him uh, <laughs> when point he, break. When he, no, well he calls him Shakespeare in the park, oh, <laughs> and he's like, "Doth mother knoweth you weareth her drapes?" <laughs> and they have that great fight in the woods yeah. where he like he shoots the lightning into Iron Man's suit, and he like powers him up to like 400% and like uh, yeah. Cap has to break it up. That great scene where he slams uh, yeah. Mjolnir down on the shield and it's just that concussion wave. Yeah. So good. Which is like that's like the classic thing too which is like I mean it's a comic book trope but like bringing the heroes together and it's like they don't get along you know it's like these these massive personalities and like they there's misunderstandings and they fight and argue and eventually get to work together but I, I think they, they it does it really well like because we know these characters and you're kind of like alright I get it while they're all they all have their own agendas mm-hmm. which is which is great I think the movie does a good job with that yeah for sure um let's see here yeah they you know they try to pretty much interrogate Loki to find out what he's up to and um yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to. Well, just, I mean, eventually the it's I mean, revealed that what he really wants is the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. because well, he has uh, so they have him prisoner. Uh, Hawkeye comes to infiltrate the uh, helicarrier, takes out one of the engines, causes a bunch of destruction. What they find out is that they have Loki's staff, and unknowing to them is that the Mind Stone is kind of playing with all of them and heightening their motions and kind of making them argue and all this stuff. So Hawkeye shows up, all hell breaks loose, Banner turns into the Hulk, we get our, our great showdown between Thor and the, the Hulk. That scene, I love it so much where they're fighting and he's calling Mjolnir and just like right at the moment when it arrives him, he just does that like uppercut and hits, yep. it's, it's such, it's so cool and the, 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 the Hulk trying to pick up Mjolnir not being able to. There's a lot of stuff. It's it's well done. There's a couple different components to that big. It's one of the big action scenes in the movie. But you get the Hulk and Thor fighting. You get Cap and Iron Man trying to fix the engine. Uh, you get an awesome fight between Black Widow and Hawkeye. Kind of a real yeah. brutal like hand to hand fight. There's a lot of good stuff, and that's also kind of throughout that uh, throughout that scene. That's or toward the end of it is where we where Coulson gets killed by Loki, right? Which is like the big kind of push that they use to get the Avengers to finally gel together in the movie. Yeah, and and it's also throughout the scene, you know, throughout this part of the movie where we are seeing them without their 
without them fighting and whatever. You know, we start to see them more interacting with one another. And, and I just put on here, it, it's such a great start to the ju- juxtaposition that you see with um, Stark and, and Rogers. You know, how the two are such at odds with how they handle things. Yeah. But, the, you know, when, when you were mentioning, when they're trying to fix the, the one, you know, propeller, how they have to still work together. And, you know, in the end, Cap, you know, he's kind of setting the rules of how it's supposed to work. Yeah. And, you know, it's just cool that that theme continues throughout. But then it also becomes cool that, like, with Civil War, that there is that breakdown yeah. that happens, too. It is really cool, yeah. Yeah, I just... I, I really, again, like, I appreciated those scenes more now than I did then because of what we now know. Yeah, it was it was kind of fun for me because, like I said, I watch this all the time. But, like, when I went to watch this again for the podcast, it was right after watching, seeing Endgame in the theaters. So it was really kind of cool to go back and watch this with the lens of where it was going and knowing kind of all that and, and kind of That's like... That's exactly what I did as well. I, you know. I watched this right after I saw Endgame, and it's such a weird... It's just a, such a different perspective you get on this movie after watching mm-hmm. Endgame. Yeah. Um, it, it really, like, it, I caught a lot of different things in this movie than I did in previous viewings. Yeah. Yeah. Another little side plot thing that we find out is, um, you know, Nick Fury is up to other things. Yeah. So he is using the power of the Tesseract to upgrade weapons and one and Fa- whatnot. Phase two. Phase two, right? So because Thor showed up, you know, they're yeah. concerned about who else is going to show up, which obviously, yeah, that is going to be a problem. But then we get to find out more about, like, Hydra and stuff beyond what happened yeah. with the first uh, Captain America movie. So um, after Coulson's death, they're kind of it kind of brings the team together, and that's when they they figure out that uh, Loki is going to use the the Stark Tower, which is self uh, running off the arc reactor. They're going to use that to power the machine to basically open the portal for the cube. So they all end up in New York, and kind of that's the last I'd say like. 40, 45 minutes of the movie yeah. is the Battle of New York, which yep. is like with the Chitauri coming through the portal and just kind of all the stuff that goes on with there, which is, I think, done great. There's a lot of, it, it does a good job to me of like, it's this massive battle, but you also get these smaller like kind of moments in it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, absolutely. Which and is, we get the great Captain America quote, you know, if we can't protect the, oh, no, it's Tony Stark. It's Tony Stark, it. yeah. If we can't protect the Earth, you damn well bet we will avenge it. When yeah. he's meeting face to face with uh, Loki up at the top of the tower. That's also the classic when he's like kind of listing all the Avengers and yeah. Loki's like, uh, we, I have an army. And he's like, we have a Hulk. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, also, there's a there's a small bit that I love with, <laughs> and I don't know why it's one of my favorite things, but when they're going to leave, when Hawkeye and uh, Black Widow and Captain America are going to leave and they go in the Quinjet and the one guy's like, oh, he's like, you guys aren't authorized to be in here. And he's like, <laughs> and Captain America's like, son, just don't. Like, for some reason, that little bit I just love. It's really, it, it cracks me up every time. Yeah, and, and the portal op- portal opens, right? The, yeah. the battle begins. The um, man, I'm blanking on the Chitauri. name of them. The Chitauri, which I do have a pop quiz for you. Pop quiz, hot shot. The Chitauri, where does that name come from? Oh, I know? saw that. Um, it means something in another language. Uh, it does. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It is Zulu mythology, and it is a serpent that um, rises from the sky. All right, makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> right. So there you go. I liked that one. I did have another pop quiz. We skipped. We went by it though. Pop but. quiz, hot shot. Um, when Hulk falls through into the warehouse. Harry Dean Stanton. There you go. Yep. He was in Aliens. He Alien, was in Aliens. Sorry, the original He Alien. was in the first Alien. Which, he's one of my least favorite things about this movie. Like, if I had to pick, like, there's, like, maybe three things that I have, nitpicks, and I, I don't enjoy his little scene. It's, my it, least, it's completely unnecessary. It's my least favorite part of the movie. It's just a comic relief. Maybe, I, it doesn't hit as well as the other ones, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> Um, All right, so the battle, right? Yeah, the battle is the battle is going, and there's a, like I said, there's a lot of cool stuff. Um, the Avengers at this point still aren't fully working together as a team. You know, they haven't quite gelled where they need to be. Um, but that's when you get uh, when, when uh, Banner finally shows up, and you get you get that, <laughs> in the little motorcycle. I yeah, like in the little thing. motorcycle, and you get that uh, great scene where he's bringing that um, the big flying whatever you want to call it, you know. Yeah. And they're like, oh, uh, now would be a good time. Uh, Captain America tells Banner like, now would be a good time to get angry. 
Uh, and he says, because all, all movie, like, Banner's been kind of saying, you know, like, they're trying to figure out how he has the Hulk under control, and he keeps going to be telling him what it is, but it doesn't quite happen. And then that in that scene, he's like, that's my secret. He's like, I'm always angry. And he just like, immediately shifts into the Hulk and just punches that thing, like, right in the face. And I remember when we saw it, yeah. that got one of the loudest reactions. Like, oh, it was, it was a just, huge It was pop. just insane. And oh, it's it, gigantic. The beat, seeing that movie... As many times as I have, that beat still works. It's still so exciting to see when he turns and just punches that thing, and it just like flips all the way over. It's so great. I was gonna. Say, I, I put on here in my notes. You know, when when this battle is going on, it might be one of the best flowing battle sequences ever up to that point. I mean, everything flows so cool and then they purposely use different scenes where it like transitions from one avenger to another to another like i wrote down you know like iron man slides down and shoots the captain off the shield and then he flies immediately up to help black widow yeah and then an arrow is shot and that's where hulk and thor are fighting on one of the other aliens yeah and just the way that they flow it all together it's just it's neat it's really cool and that's got to be difficult to do yeah oh, it, sure. it moves through the battle and you're kind of like all the different interactions like after they finally i mean basically they finally get their shit together after the hulk shows up and that's when you know they're finally united as one and like you get the big hero shot the, yeah the the, oh. the and they they Iron Man finds like you know what Captain he's like you call it out he like he accepts the captain's leadership and there's all that's also when he tells he's given all he gives all the directions everyone do this do that and then he tells the Hulk to smash yep which is great and then he smashes Loki in oh the ground. Oh my gosh. Which I do remember when I saw it in the theater. That got a huge round of applause. That did. I remember, like, I had to wait till the second time that I had no idea what he said after that. And the, the moment we're talking about is when the Hulk fights. It's so great, too, because, like, Loki's, like, giving this big, like, thing to him. It's like, I'm, I'm a god and you can't treat me like this. And he just picks him up by his feet and slams him back and forth into the ground. And it's such a cool effect because it's actually, you're seeing, like, the, the concrete, like, break as yeah. he's, like, smashing into it. And then he drops him and walks away and says puny god which is like you know really you know, funny. It's puny human but yeah. it but it's like i read that like um while they were filming that like they had tom hiddleston they they were gonna like kind of like jerk him backward to like simulate like uh the hulk lifting him off the ground but he didn't know when it was gonna happen so that's why the reaction's so good so he was just he knew he was gonna get like yanked but he didn't know when so like when he's giving the speech and it kind of just happens it's like a real reaction which that always works right we saw that in die hard where yeah, they drop did. hans gruber and he didn't know he was getting dropped yet yep yeah uh and then we find out the council that's kind of still dealing with shield and nick fury they're gonna nuke new york they yeah. gotta stop this invasion and um Tony's got to grab the nuke, and he wants to bring it back up into space. I did find out that um, when the nuke detonates, there's two and a half minutes left, and there are exactly two and a half, two and a half minutes. minutes that are filmed, I which I feel that. like James Cameron also did that. I think it was yeah. an Aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We showed that. Because so. and, and also they found out at this point that, like, they they get um, uh, Selvig, uh, Stellan Skarsgård, out of his trance, and he's like, well, I he basically built a thing into the, the cube machine. cutoff switch. Yeah, where if you use uh, Loki's scepter, you can shut off the portal and close it. And they're going to do it, but that's why uh, Iron Man's like, no, we got to put this nuke somewhere. So he sends it up into the portal. It hits, like, the mothership, I guess, for the Chitauri. And uh, in a convenient thing, once the mothership's done, they all they drop all dead. Yeah. yeah. Which, this is another scene. I don't know. Is it... Can we do a spoiler alert? I don't know. What? Should we? Well, Tony sacrifices himself in this movie. We've already done so many spoilers already for Endgame. I, I <laughs> guess. But, you know, I just like how... It's kind of that bookends that happens well, with the Avengers. You it know? is kind of because, like, in that argument they have on the helicarrier, one of the things he says, he's like, you're not the guy to make the sacrifice play. You know, like, he says that to him. Yep. And then he almost does in this movie, and then ultimately, like you said. So yep. I, I think it, it's kind of cool. And it's like, this movie, it, <laughs> we're so gushing about this movie. But what it does to me, one of the things it does so well is kind of the beats between, like, the serious action stuff and, like, the comedy. And I think that's yeah. all Joss Whedon, because you get this dramatic moment where he... He trashes the the ship with the nuke, and they have to close the portal, and he don't know, and he makes it, and he falls out, and the Hulk catches him and gets him to the ground, and they think maybe he's dead, and like <laughs> he like the Hulk screams at him, and he wakes up, and he's like, "Oh, what's going on?" And it's just really funny. He's like, "Oh, no one kissed me, did they?" <laughs> yeah. It's just like really funny. Yeah. And then he that's when he starts talking about shawarma. Yep. Yeah. Which again, <laughs> that entire scene was improvised. Yeah. yeah. Like from the Hulk yelling 
to the shawarma stuff. All improv on the floor. Yeah, they said that the Hulk yelling was something that Ruffalo did with his motion capture, and they yep. liked it so much. That did they you see a in. picture of his motion capture suit? No, I so did. He's it's, in a motion capture <laughs> suit, but then they crazy. also have like this giant, like half cast, yeah. prosthetic, like headgear body thing that he wears to simulate the size, so that when when Hemsworth is fighting him as Thor, he's actually gripping onto onto um. What's his name? Uh, Chris Hemsworth. No, no, no. no. Um, oh, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo yeah. in this giant suit. Oh, my gosh. So it's uh, actually him in uh, the motion capture giant suit. I'll have, to, I'll have to look those up. I've never oh, seen that. Oh, it's so funny. Looking. I guess I saw, too, Lou Ferrigno uh, yeah. does yeah. use his voice. Yeah, contribute the to voice. the voice, yeah. 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 Which, Which is, is cool. interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, I mean, that kind of takes us to the end of the film. You know, there, there's a little wrap-up where they go and get Loki again. Uh, Thor takes Loki and the Tesseract back to Asgard. The Avengers kind of go their separate ways. And the Council talks to Nick Fury, and they're still kind of upset about the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, that's that's basically the end. The, the end credit sequence is a big deal. Because the whole movie we've been showing, like, Loki's working with someone. There's a character, the other, who's actually played by uh, Alexis Denisoff. Who was uh, Wesley on Angel? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a Josh Wheaton thing. Uh, but anyway, so we see him and he's talking to someone and he has that um, that big speech where I th- feel like I have my notes. It's not a big speech where he says to the guy we don't know who it is. He says, "Humans are not the cowering wretches we were promised. They stand. They are unruly and therefore cannot be ruled. To challenge them is to court death." And then the reveal of who has been pulling the strings all along is Thanos. Yep. He turns around and just smiles at the camera. Which leads me to a question for you guys. Oh. Kind of macro. And I'd think if they, had, they, they obviously had a plan for all these movies. But Thanos' ultimate quest is to get all the Infinity Stones, right? So yes. why give an Infinity Stone to Loki to go get another one? Like, why not just go get it yourself? Did, did he not know that he had the Mind Stone at the time? I don't think he did. No, he had to have. Because at the beginning, they said he already had one. No, I guess they retconned that in later on, didn't yeah. they? I just think, and I, this isn't a nitpick, I just think that maybe they didn't fully form the idea at the time. Like, maybe they didn't well, know where they were going to get all the stones well, from. Well, I know the whole Thanos thing at the end was just thrown in by Joss Whedon, yeah. like, on a whim. So I think I think they did retcon some of it. But, I, 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 like, looking back on it, it's like, well, if he's trying to collect the stones, why would he give one away <laughs> at no. the beginning of the movie? But, that, again, that's a little nitpick. My really only nitpicks of the movie are... Like that, like, but they retconned it so it works well. And uh, Coulson is such a good character. I, I understand why they did what, what they did with him in the movie, but I wish he was still around in the movies, in the cinematic yeah. universe. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe he will show up again. Because the whole thing with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is he's at the end of the most recent season, he's actually dying. Um, but obviously, he's going to come back. They renewed it for one and a half more seasons. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe he'll show up again. My nitpick in the movie, which is, it's pretty minor, is it's kind of the battle for New York itself. You've, you've only got like five or six of these guys trying to deal with an army that is literally coming down into New York City. I feel like managing that probably would not work out the way that it did, but it's, an, it's a superhero yeah. action movie, you know, like realistically, and it's not going to quite work that way. But well, it's like, and I think in, in you know. Spider-Man Homecoming, they follow up on that a lot, where there was so much destruction. There yeah. was, you but, know... But I, I kind of get what Sphinx is saying, is that, like, the sheer amount of stuff they oh, show them coming totally. through that portal, it's hard to believe that they were able to contain it as well right. as they did with this. Right. Which, I mean, I get it, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I, it, it doesn't take anything away for me from the no. movie, but it is like, well, that's that seems pretty difficult to be able to master. One of the interesting things I found when I was, I thought someone doing the research, it said that it took Marvel three tries to get this down to a PG-13 rating. Yeah, I saw that. Which is crazy to me. because There's said, no swearing, they and said there's partic- no real blood. Right? I guess they said that Coulson's death was a, they had to keep oh. changing that. It was like a lot more graphic, that you saw it like more clearly, and there was more blood on the, 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 the blade and stuff like that. I think that was one of the primary things that they kept having to change. You but, do see it, if I, from what I remember, right? Yeah. Like, it's like his, like, go, you see it go through his back. Well, you, right. you see it come right through his chest. Is it through the chest? Yeah, no, because he's, the he's standing there talking, like, pointing the thing at Loki, and then it just comes through his chest. But I guess that was one of the primary things. But that was crazy to me to think that, like, that was apparently so violent that they had to keep toning it down to get that PG-13. That's weird. Yeah. Um, I think it's anything else we want to wrap up on before we give this a rating? 
Uh, oh, oh! One other thing that I thought was interesting was that they, um, because this was around the time that um, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, the first Andrew Garfield right. one, came out, mm-hmm. and they actually had secured the rights from Sony to put the Oscorp Tower in the skyline of mm-hmm. New York. They were just as a little Easter egg, but by the time they had worked out the deal, they had already done all the rendering on the skyline and stuff, so they they ultimately couldn't put it in, but. That reminds me, I do like how the A is the only letter standing on the tower for Avengers. That's, you know, that's that's definitely like pleasing the audience there, but it worked for me. Oh, totally. I loved it. Can and you it, so. can you imagine if it was the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man? Uh, <laughs> no. I told horrible. you that those movies are awful. They're yeah. really not good. They're so bad. <laughs> Tom I, Holland is so great. I also, and they did say that like a lot of the drafts of the script, they did have Ant-Man and Wasp in it, right. but ultimately they thought it was just too many characters, so they ended up cutting him from it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's about it for me. <laughs> did you see the final thing about the, when they're doing the, the close, the ending, ending scene with the, at the, when they're at the chicken trial? Yeah, place, and I so. remember that story yeah. for, for a while, is that Chris Evans had, they, that was a reshoot that they did, and yeah. Chris Evans had since gone on. He had grown a grown a beard for a movie. That he, he was did. filming Snowpiercer, he was, and so he was like, "I'm not shaving my beard." So they did like a big prosthetic thing to cover yeah. up the beard, but it looks so horrible that he was like, he talked to Joss Whedon. He's like, well, "What am I gonna do? I can't." He's like, "Well, just like put your hand over your face." So uh, if you watch that scene, he's just kind of sitting there with his hand covering his face, just uh, like with his head down, and yeah, yeah, and he's the only one not eating because yeah. of that, yeah. Which is kind of funny. I remember reading about it. It is kind of funny. So. All right. Here we go. Who would like to go first? You want to go first? I'll go first. Go ahead. I mean, (laughs) this is not going to be a shock to anyone. Yeah, we already know what going to be. Who listens to the podcast and and can tell. I I love this movie. It, It does everything right in my book. The the complaints I have are very nitpicky. Um, it's so fun and it's so amazing what they were able to pull off in the, a movie of this scale. And like we said, it's this giant temple movie, but it still has all these great character beats. It has a lot of humor in it. And there's things you could nitpick about it, but to me, they're nothing too major to nitpick about it. It's incredibly watchable. I've seen it a ton of times. Marvel's made so many movies. This is probably still easily in my top three of the movies they made. This is five machine guns. No, no brainer for me. I, I don't have anything more to say really either. I mean, I, you, you kind of nailed it. I, I think it's a fantastic movie. I think this is what truly made me fall in love with, with the Marvel movies. Again, I don't have that comic book experience like you guys have. Um, and once this movie finished, yeah, I, there's a couple little nitpicky things, but not enough to take away my enjoyment at all. It was really cool seeing them assemble and having them fight and... I yeah five machine guns, for sure. Yeah, I can't. What? How do you? I can't handle <laughs> that. Yeah. What do you? What do you say? It's like it's five machine guns. That's it. It is five machine guns. This is a movie that is great for everybody to watch. It's fantastic. Five machine guns. All right. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Kind of felt like that was gonna happen, but you know. That's we're, okay. Sometimes it's good to be in agreement. We, we were all gushing this whole episode, but <laughs> yeah. yep. Sometimes we need to do that, I guess. <laughs> um, all right. Up next, we have our hero bracket. So um, we are getting near the end of our first round. Um, we've got some good stuff today and very fitting for today. So our matchup today is Captain America versus Wolverine. Oh, man. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> uh, we just randomly kind of so went with them. Captain America in... We said Winter Soldier, I believe. Okay, okay yeah. And Wolverine in and Wolverine. We X2, said X two. Yeah. So X two Wolverine versus Winter Soldier, Captain America. Correct. Wow. Well, shit. <laughs> I know, right? Like that's I literally have no idea how this one will turn out because the two characters are so different, but they're so big in those both of those movies. Yeah, that's a that that that's a solid matchup there. You know, there's such growth in those characters in those movies. Yeah, and what happens? It'll be fun to see how, yeah. how our people vote, which, how do you get to vote? You can go on to the Last Action Podcast uh, social media on Facebook and on Twitter, and you can cast your vote. And then if you want to be extra special and you want to get a third vote in, 
you will have to be a patron uh, patron uh, on Patreon. So Gamezilla Media is what we are a part of. We are a podcasting uh, network here, and we need to help pay the bills and continue to offer all sorts of uh, all the different content that we have, which we'll share some of those things in a moment. But if you are willing and able, we would love to have you uh, sign on uh, to Patreon. So patreon.com slash Media. Uh, $1 a month or $5 a month uh, will allow you to get that final vote in to figure out who the best hero is of all time in yep. action movie history. And the $5 a month gives you extra episodes yep. and extra content as well. Yeah, every month we um, you know, we have an additional episode for you guys, and then the other podcasts um, also do extra content and episodes as well. So you are not only helping us by contributing some of your money, but you actually will be getting additional content as well um, as a thank you for, for helping us out. Yeah. So... Sure. What are some of the other shows that we offer? Joe, start us off. What do we got? Well, the- I don't trust LPJ. <laughs> it's well, been two weeks of garbage from him. Not going in order, but we have uh, Legend of Retro. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the Noobs and Dragons. Uh, of course, the GameZilla podcast itself. Right. Um, we got the Movie Blast with Bob and Bax. Uh, and we got Noiseland Arcade uh, to get all your Simpsons needs exactly we got current video game news we got looking at old classic video games we got looking at action movies we got looking at movies in general and we got the simpsons we had all sorts of stuff and dungeons Dungeons and dragons we got some tabletop gaming too literally something for everybody yeah so very very awesome um if you're into any of those things again please check us out um give us some likes and follows on on instagram and facebook and twitter and everything else and we really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. So, so this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs>